version. Okay. I think this is probably one of the big reasons why we are all sitting here right now. We get to uh, we get to hear experience, strength, and hope. And the committee heard this speaker at another event in Oakland, and uh, it was uh, a unanimous choice amongst the convention committee. And I'd like to introduce Melissa S. from Los Angeles. Of you. My goodness, I'm Melissa. I'm a compulsive overeater. Wow, wow, wow. But this is all good. This is good. Wow. And thank you, Michelle, wherever you went, for asking me. You're in, there you are. Duh. <laughs> for asking me to be here today to share my experience, thanks, and help. And Elizabeth, welcome, honey. I hope you find what you're looking for here. Well, I guess the best way to do this is just talk about what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Right now, I'm very nervous. That's what it's like now. <laughs> uh, and to get some of the numbers and whatnot out of the way, I've been around the rooms for about 13 years. In um, March of this year, I took a candle for 11 years. Um, thanks. Thanks, God. I don't know what I weighed when I came in here. However, I was about a size 20 or 22. I had about two things to wear. And today, I'm a size 10 or a 12. And, and, and I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm grateful for that. But, man, I've gotten so much more than that from these folks in these rooms. Um, I'm going to talk kind of just briefly about what it was like, because, frankly, what it's like now is, is I just think, a whole lot, more, a whole lot better. Um, I, have, I have a real hard childhood. A lot of us do in here. Um, my parents have been unhappily married for 40-some-odd years, bless their hearts. I have one brother. And there was chaos and anger and rage and a lot of really ugly physical abuse in my house when I was younger. Um, I, I, and this is the, the part where I say I've never been drunk and I haven't ever done drugs, so I don't know what those things are like. And thank God, because frankly, I'd be in those rooms too, I would, I have no doubt. I think I was kind of delivered to the planet with a predisposition to abuse something and so food is my something. In any event, um, but, so I kind of was delivered here with a predisposition for something. And when the beatings and the chaos and the ugliness was going on in my house, um, my mom would bake. And I'm sure she's still a great baker, bless her heart. But she hides that stuff from me today. That's her way of helping my recovery. Bless her heart for that. She does do that. But in any event, I would, um, I would smell things baking in the oven. And, and this is all looking back. I understand I didn't have the words for this when this was happening, but um, I, I knew that relief was coming. Because there wasn't relief in my house. There wasn't a safe place in my house. And there wasn't quiet and peace in my house. There was ugly, angry, just awful stuff in my house. And what amazes me is I look out at you people, all of you folks today, and I think there was a time where I said I would never talk about this ever, what was going on in my house. And the truth was that ever the neighbors knew it because there was yelling and screaming and horrible, awful stuff going on. So everybody knew it. So I took from this that... Food would comfort me and soothe me and help me and give me strength and courage when I didn't have it on my own. Um, I also learned to be incredibly shame-based because I was so ashamed of what was going on in my house. And I also learned to just leave my body. I could just leave my body while there's physical abuse and whatnot was going on. I just left my body. So um, that, that's what I come to you folks with. That's what I saw when I was younger. Sometimes I speak about it. It doesn't affect me. I can just talk about it. Today is not one of those days. I kind of choke up when I think about it. 
Um, and when I think about who I was when I was delivered to folks 13 plus years ago. Um, and so I started to put on weight in, in junior high and high school. I didn't date. I didn't have a social life. I, I tried very hard to be invisible. And I, I'm almost six feet tall, but I'm still able to be invisible, and I can still actually do that today. Um, but my dream and my fantasy was that I would lose my weight, go away for the summer, and come back and have the little boys chase me down the hall. Now, the truth was, even if I had gone away, lost the weight, I would have still been so invisible that it wouldn't have made a darn bit of difference. But in my fantasy about it, that's what was going to happen. And so I started dieting when I was in junior high at some point, And it was sensible stuff at that time. I, I laugh because I know that we all know how to count to 1,200 or 2,000 or whatever the magic number is today. At that time, it was 1,200, whatever. Um, and, you know, I, there was something that happened on day 14 of a diet. I could not do more than day 14, and I really couldn't. It's like saying, climb Mount Everest. Well, I can't do that either. I couldn't do it. And every diet I went on, in the back of my mind, and sometimes in the front of my mind, was, this is going to end soon. I'm going to go out there and make up for all this time I've lost. Um, I had no tools. I had no support. I had nothing. And the truth was that food saved me. It really did. It saved me, you guys. There wasn't anything else. There weren't loving parents. There wasn't a safe place for me to be. But there was food, and it did. It worked. It worked when all else failed. And so I, I started this kind of um, cycle of dieting and gaining weight, and, dieting and gaining weight. And I got out of high school, and I got into, well, I want to say college, but frankly, I was so just unguided that I really, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, kind of wandering around. And um, I finally got this boyfriend that I had been bitching and complaining to God about for so long. <laughs> and, um, and I look back at that, and, I say, and, and when I say this, I am absolutely sincere. There were only a few requirements to be with me. You had to be taller than me. I had to be attracted to you, and you had to be seen with me. And that's it. And part of that makes me kind of laugh. And part of that makes me go, man, that is just magic. That's it. That's all that needed to happen. He fulfilled the requirements. <laughs> um, and, and I like to remember that we were together for a year and a half. And in a year and a half, we laughed together twice. That's not, that's not real good. And we worked together. And I would, I, I sort of went between addictions. I went kind of with food, and then sometimes it would be sort of him, and then back and forth and back and forth. In any event, um, he ended up, after a year and a half, going back to his home state. And I thought, well, you know, you, you, I, I'm, I'm fat, and that's why you're leaving. There could be no other reason. Thank God I had no self-centered issues at all. <laughs> I'm fat, and you're leaving, and so I am going to lose weight, and then you'll realize your love for me, you'll come running back. And I went on a medically supervised fast. Now, I have to tell you, I fasted. I had acupuncture. I had therapy. I ate AIDS candy. You folks remember AIDS candy? <laughs> don't, don't, ever give a, don't ever give a compulsive overeater a diet supplement that tastes like candy. That's probably, that's probably going to fail right out of the gate. Um, and I, I also, my mom, bless her heart, I believe she has issues with food. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I remember her telling me once a long time ago, if you take bran, the raw, horrible stuff, I don't mean that yummy, sweet stuff, I mean that horrible, dry stuff, and you put that in a glass of water and you stir it up and you drink it, it'll get rid of what you ate. So I did that too. That and the Diet Coke. It'll just erase everything you've ever done. <laughs> Why do we wash our stuff down with Diet Coke? 
Anyway. Um, and so, so those are some of the things that I did. And I, and I also went on sensible diets too, but here's the thing. Without a higher power, without the support of a program, without a sponsor, without service, without all the things we're told to do in here, there's no way that's going to work for any period of time. It's just not. So I went on this diet. I lost my weight, and I did, and I documented it. So I had friends take pictures. I had a friend take a picture, take some pictures of me, and I rushed them off to him because time is of the essence. Because <laughs> my plan had a real short window, a real small window. So he he got these he got these these pictures, and um, he called me one day. And he said, "You know, I got your pictures. You look really great." I'm like, yes, everything's going just as planned. And he said, are you seeing anybody? I said, no. Because I'm waiting for you, sweetheart. And I said, are you? And he said, yes. Now, that wasn't, how, that wasn't how, at all how it was supposed to go. And I can remember being in the living room of my apartment, being just hunched over, like curled up in a ball, because I could not bear the feelings that were working really hard to come up. And I worked hard to push those down, folks. Very, 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 very hard. Very hard. Um, and, and it wasn't long after that that I, um, I was off and running again. I was off and running again. And um, if, you've, if you've had your bottom, then you know what it is. You also know that it's one of the hardest things to describe. It is the darkest, blackest, emptiest, loneliest place you can be and still be walking around and breathing in and out. Um, every thought, as this went on, every thought, every thought of my day was, where am I going to get it? How am I going to get it? Who am I going to steal money from to get it? Because I didn't care. I was a junkie. And that, you know, I remain a junkie today. I really am. I am. There's nothing in this wiring that's changed today. There's nothing in this wiring that's different than it was 13 years ago. Not a damn thing. I like to say I cannot turn a Volkswagen into a Porsche. I can't do that. I will never be a normal eater. It doesn't matter how long. It doesn't matter how long I have. It really doesn't. My wiring is screwy. Food is always going to be more than food to me. It is. And I, I laugh sometimes because there are, there are nights when I go to sleep and I know that, God willing, I wake up tomorrow and I get breakfast. It's like Christmas Eve. There is nothing better than that. And I didn't, I didn't understand before. It was like I had to shovel it in as fast as I could. And, and I laugh because I hear about the people who binge on ice cream. I had no time for that. That's too cold. I'm like, I'm like, Goldilocks with the food temperature. I need everything to be just right. It can't be too cold. It can't be too hot. And it's got to be real mobile. I don't have time for a knife and fork. And I love the people who talk about making cakes and these grand, these grand creations. Who has time for that? I don't have any time. It's, it's like a drug addict going and getting his, I don't know, however you make that stuff, and getting all the ingredients and putting it together. No, I need it now. And I need it fast. I need it fast. And so... Every waking moment, it was about food. How I was going to get it, where I was going to get it, how I was going to eat it by myself and not let you see me or you see me because I was so ashamed. And I would hate to see friends because when I saw friends, I then I had to eat with them and that was taking time away from me and my food. My life was just my food. That's it. My food, come home, draw the drapes, sit by the light of the television with the stuff I had gathered on the way home, call the famous 30-minute pizza place, um, and I loved it because I knew in 30 minutes it's coming. I love that. And I had stuff to keep me till it, you know, till it showed up. So I was, I was fine. I could wait. And if he was late, my next one was free. 
she was never late. Um, and it's funny, too, because a few years after I got into the program, I used to get little postcards from Domino's. We miss you! <laughs> I bet they did. I bet I would have missed me, too. Anyway. But it was, um, <laughs> they missed me. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. But it was, um, it was an awful, awful, awful place to be. And I really believe that had I not found Overeaters Anonymous, I had, not been de- had I not been delivered here, that I really would have killed myself. Because it was no longer the weight on my body. It really wasn't. It wasn't. It was mm, the weight on my heart and my soul. And there was nowhere for me to go. There was, but I had no idea about it. Well, I, um, I found my way here because a, an eating disorder specialist, this woman I had seen, who was about this tall and this big around, and never saw a fat day in her life, told me, not only did she tell me that it was my, I, I had to take supplements and all this other crap to, to get myself together, that's what was wrong with me, and I might want to go to Overeaters Anonymous. Well, I never bought the supplements, but I found my way here. I was delivered here. I don't know why I came. I, I, I truly don't know. I, I, I had, a, I had, you know, I heard, certainly heard of Alcoholics Anonymous, but I am... Um, I didn't know. And I, when, I, when I thought of it before I came here, I thought that there'd be a round table and there'd be only women, sorry, sorry gentlemen, the only women sitting around and they'd be all trying to outdo each other with what they ate the night before. <laughs> I don't know. That, that isn't what it's like. <laughs> and my first meeting, and this is the part where I say take what you like and leave the rest, you know, that whole thing we did. My first meeting was an OA How meeting. And um, for the first time, I heard people talk about what they did with food. And, and I heard things. So I used to really believe in my heart that I was the only one. I would go to the market and I would load up on my binge foods. And um, I, I would just look around at the random faces in the market. And I would think, you don't do this, and you don't do this, and you don't do this. And I didn't even know what this was. Um, but I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one. And I heard at that meeting... I don't even remember exactly what I heard, but I had a general sense that there were other people doing with food what I was doing. And so it wasn't long after that that I found myself in regular OA. I was in, in OA for about nine months, and I was essentially on a diet, and I went to one meeting a week. If that's all you're doing, please do more, because my hunches is probably not going to last too long. And so I found myself in relapse, and my relapse lasted, I don't know, eight, nine months. And every day I'd get up and say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to get back on track, and every day by around 10 o'clock I was off and running again. And then there was about a week that went by when I wasn't thinking that, and I realized, oh, I have this thing. And so um, that was 10, 11 plus years ago. And so here, here's what I want to share with you folks about just some key anchor points of my program that I, I some days I really do cling to. I'm, I'm a CPA today, um, which is a miracle of this program. I'm that because you guys said, oh, yeah, you can do that. You can do that. And I came in here, couldn't hold the job. Couldn't show up for work, couldn't do anything, couldn't be trusted with money. I got fired from a job soon after I came to Overeaters Anonymous because I was stealing um, petty cash out of petty cash store because it was my drawer. And I had to get my food. And I knew I'd get in trouble eventually. No, I didn't give a damn. I didn't care. And so, because I'm a CPA, anything that can be kind of formula driven, I love that. I really do. So here's my formula for, um, for recovery. And I believe it is as simple as this. It is always my footwork 
regardless of how I feel about it. In other words, I don't have to like it. Plus, God's grace always equals recovery. Every single time. And that's what where it can be seemingly small. It doesn't have to be a big grand gesture. Um, as I think one of the most important parts of that is regardless of how I feel. If I tell a friend on Tuesday I'm going to help them move Saturday, it means I show up and help them move. It doesn't matter that I get up Saturday morning and don't feel like it. How many things do I do on any given day for my recovery, for somebody else? I don't have to feel like it. Nowhere in the big book does it say, you know, you really have to want to take those calls and you really have to want to make... No. I don't have to want to do any of it. And you guys showed me that. I don't have to want to do any of it. I am a big fan of footwork and action. I'm not as thrilled about willingness because I could sit around and wait for the willingness and never leave my house. And truly, some days I'm not willing to leave my house. And too bad. I heard somebody in the say they have sober feet. So my sober feet get me up and they get me ready and I go out and I, I do my deal. I don't have to want to do it. But I, don't, I don't have to. You guys showed me that. And I, I also know that oftentimes my actions will bring on the willingness. It doesn't too often seem to work the other way. Um, you guys taught me that. Um, I know that I need to do the thing that I'm afraid of. I need to do the thing I'm afraid of. And I think of um, the things in my life today that I was afraid to do. And you guys said, oh, yes, you can. Call me before you go and call me when you get home and tell me how great you are that you did that thing. Um, that's how I finished my, my bachelor's degree. It's how I sat for the CPA exam. It's how I became a CPA. It's how I have the job I have today. I work in an industry I swore I'd never work in. I hated it. Um, I knew nothing about it, really, but I hated it. <laughs> I, work, I work in the entertainment industry, and I thought I would never do that. Never, 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 never. God has better plans than me. Um, the best job I've ever had. I work with people I like. I do interesting work. They treat me well. It's amazing, you guys. I remember when I couldn't hold a job. I couldn't hold a job. I couldn't show up. I couldn't show up for more than two weeks. I was so fear-based and terrified of everybody, everything. I couldn't hold a job. Today, you know what I do? I suit up and I show up. And I'll tell you something. Sometimes I just pretend to be a responsible person. I understand truly that my... It's not what I think or feel or wish. It's always my actions that speak about me. Always my actions. If I go to work and I look like I'm responsible and I'm doing responsible work, then guess what? I get to be responsible today. That's what it is. I didn't understand that that's, that's, what, that's what it is. That's what you guys taught me. If I'm kind to people today, it doesn't matter that I'm in a, might be in a grumpy, bitchy mood. It doesn't matter. Am I kind to people today? Then I'm a kind person today. It's my actions that speak about me. It's my actions. And you guys, you guys taught me that. Let me tell you something. You guys taught me truly everything that I know today. You guys taught me. When I was delivered here 13 or whatever, however many years ago it was, um, I had no idea. I think I had stopped growing emotionally maybe when I was about seven or eight, and that's how you found me. It took me about three and a half years to get a feeling. I don't remember my first three and a half years of program. I don't remember what it is to be off of sugar and that kind of stuff. I don't remember. I don't. And, you know, that was God's plan for me. I really don't remember that. Um, I, I, I kind of like to remember, but I, I don't get to remember that. Um, these are the kind of things that you guys that you guys taught me. You guys have seen, seen me through the best and worst times of my life. There were, there were 
worse times before, but I don't remember them. But since truly being awake, you guys have, um, you guys have, have gotten me through that. Um, I've learned the value of doing nothing, taking no action. And that is actually a very powerful action to do nothing. It really is very, very powerful. I know I can't make things worse if I'm doing nothing. I'm famous for, in, in my effort to try and fix things, actually making them far worse. But I know that um, if I do nothing and I just sit, and sometimes it is so uncomfortable I could crawl out of my skin. But here's also what I know. Learn to exercise that muscle. Learn to be uncomfortable. Learn. You know, a, a, a somebody who wants to run a marathon doesn't just get up one morning and run a marathon. They train and train and train and train. They build that muscle up and they build that muscle up and then they run a marathon. Well, that's what we're doing in here. I can sit in my discomfort today and my fear and my anxiety and my sorrow and my sadness and my happiness and my other stuff too. I can do that today without reaching for food because I did that before and I did that before and I did that before. Um, I know that I can have a, 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 a food-focused day. I'm going to tell you guys the truth. I've had a food-focused couple of days today. Today and the last couple of days. Um, but... I have to, in those times, I really have to trust and believe that my God has got my hands and feet. If God's got my hands and feet, then my brain can just do whatever it's going to do. Because my hands and feet are what get me into trouble. My hands and feet are what reach for whatever it is that sets me off. And I'm terrified of that, folks. I don't, I don't have another one in me. I truly and honestly do not. I do not. Um, maybe I do, but I'm going to assume that I don't. And I'm going to do everything that I can to protect this one because I don't, I don't think I could do it again. I really, really, really don't. Um, so, that means I've had to go to incredible extremes certain days. A couple of Thanksgivings ago, um, my boyfriend and I were cooking for my parents, and the turkey was late. And it's only turkey. Who would have ever known that turkey would ever be an issue ever? On this particular day, I knew that if I, I had kind of eaten the rest of my meal, I was waiting for the turkey. And I knew that if I, if I ate that, I was going to be gone. So I had to call my sponsor and say, I can't have turkey. And you know, God love her. She's taken my calls for 11 plus years. And she's taught me so much. And so I knew that I couldn't have, I couldn't have turkey that day. And you know, I didn't have turkey that day. I, 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 I will go to any lengths to keep it. There are often times, but a lot of times we go to, to lunch in my company. We love to go to lunch. And sometimes they go to places I can't go. I eat before. Now it used to be, it used to be an issue. But they've been putting up with this now for three years. And so they just, oh, Mel's already eaten. Oh, 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 and I eat like a zoo animal. I eat the same kinds of things the same times every day. <laughs> they know it works that at 11.45, I heat up my food. It's time to slop me. <laughs> and, and they know, 11.45. And they'll tease me. I mean, it's, it's, it's done, it's done with, with a good heart, it really is. And, and we've decided I'm like an infant. I have to eat, you know, I have my feeding time. And I do. And you know, frankly, I don't care what you think. I gotta take care of this, I really do. Because if I don't, if I don't, you guys, I will lose every single thing that is dear to me. Everything. I'll lose, certainly, all of you folks. I'll lose my friends, I'll lose my family, I'll lose my boyfriend who I love very much, I'll lose my job. I'll eventually lose my apartment because I will not be able to show up for work. Everything will be gone because food will be the most important thing in my world. It will eclipse everything else. And I know it's still in here. I know it is. Once I get the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind going, 
I know it's in here. And so for today, that means I can't, I can't eat those things that I know trigger that allergy of, of the body and the obsession of the mind. I can't do that today. I can't. I am terrified. My sponsor reminds me a little fear of the good thing. I'm terrified to do that. I'm terrified that I will, that I will, I will lose everything dear to me. I'll lose my connection with God. I'll lose everything. I'll lose everything. Um, so I have a healthy respect for what that means. Um, and I thank God. I thank God for God. <laughs> um, I really do. Because I believe that it's a partnership. It's, God expects things of me. He really does. He expects me to take calls and make calls and go to meetings and show up when I'm asked and on and on and on. All those things we're supposed to do. He expects that of me because I believe that he can't help me unless I'm doing something to help him help me. But to take care of the stuff that I can't do. And that's the part where I just have to trust and have faith. And I'm reminded I only need, was it a mustard seed's worth? I don't need very much trust and faith. It goes a very long way. Um, and, and God will do, God will do, thank you, God will do what, um, what I can't do for myself. However, I am responsible to do things for me, regardless of how I feel about it. In the last um, five months or so, I've taken up walking in the morning. Six months or something like that. It's taken me a long time to get to this point. But you know, it's been incredible for me because it reminds me that I do my, my kind of my prayer and I talk to God and whatnot when I walk and it reminds me that um, it's an empowering thing. And it reminds me that I can show up to do this action six days a week regardless of how I feel. All I need to do is get my butt and the rest of me out the door. And I, at that point, I'm, I'm, I mean, truly, that is a success for me. You guys taught me how to be disciplined. You taught me how to be disciplined. Here's how you be, here's how you be disciplined. <laughs> um, honor your commitments. Honor your commitments to yourself, to other people. Honor them, regardless of how you feel. I'm not telling you that every day I go out there and walk, I feel like it. Truth is, I don't. I really don't. But um, I'll tell you, it's far worse for me not to do that than to, to do that today. And I was talking about, about fear and whatnot. Um, please do the thing that scares you so you can learn that you won't die from it. Um, that, that, that concept has been a thread that's carried me through seemingly small things and really big things. Um, so many things. The job I have today, my, my boyfriend, and um, just so many things, big and small. Um, I don't, I, and here's another thing. I don't like to fly, folks. I'm from Los Angeles. I don't like to fly. I hate to fly. It makes me a nervous wreck. Oh, well, I committed to be here. And so I get to practice flying up here or down here, wherever we are, and flying back um, because I committed to do it. I committed to do it. And so um, my commitment has got to be bigger than my fear. Every time it's got to be bigger than my fear, whatever that is. Um, and you guys taught me that. And so for anybody who's newer than me or struggling, I really hope that you just stick around and you just remember we just do today. We just do today. You string enough todays together, you get a little history that tells you when things are hard, you can do that. When things are hard, we do incredible things in here, folks. We really, really, really do. Look at all these people. These are all people. We all support each other. Everybody in this room supports each other, and thank God for that. What, what would we do? Well, you know what? I know what I would do. I know what I would do, because it's what I was doing when I came in here. I am just grateful for all you folks, that I'm not the only one that you understand what it is when I say it feels like Christmas Eve when I go to sleep tonight because I know I get to eat tomorrow. Normal people don't understand this. I'm told. Um, 
I also hear that I, my boyfriend doesn't really like cake. He doesn't. He could do without it. And sometimes he'll say he'll get cake maybe two or three times a year. Thank you. And he'll say it's too sweet. It's too dry. It's too this. There's never been a cake made anywhere on this earth that has been anything but fabulous. <laughs> never, never. There's never been a cake, a cookie, whatever, whatever my my binge, a pizza. There's never been any of those things ever created that have been bad. I am a compulsive overeater. I have an eating disorder. I even, um, a number of years back, had about a five-month little um, stint with anorexia. If you had told me that I was going to ever have that problem, I would have said, you're crazy. Here's what I want to remind everybody. Yes. You're not anorexic yet. You're not bulimic yet. Yes. Um, that is terrifying stuff. Boy, that's, that, that, that's just... seems like compulsive overeating kind of slow and sort of heavy and lingering. And, and anorexia is quick. It wants to take you out fast. And it is really, really, really scary. And thank God for an incredible therapist who's also in these rooms who said, you get below X weight and we're going we're gonna, to um, we're gonna check you in somewhere. Thank God that people, people don't let me get away with stuff. Um, thank God. Thank God. And it's because of that that I'm able to stand before you guys today and, and share with you my experience because you guys don't let me get away with stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for each and every one of you guys who showed up and drove far or didn't drive far, but showed up and, and are going to make this convention an incredible, incredible success. I think I am done. Thank you. Michelle. Thank you, thank you, Melissa, for just starting us off the best way possible. We really appreciate it. Let's thank her again.